I'm John Milkey, also known as The Milkman, a broadcaster for 40 plus years, and I've always been fascinated by, and at the same time, confused by the fact that while the majority of songs I would play on the air would be about sex, if I dared mention the subject matter when I opened the microphone, inevitably, I would be invited to the boss's office. The subject, you see, is just too risque. We could get complaints. We might lose sponsors. Look, I've been involved in the kink community, and when I moved my radio show off FM and to online, I even did live broadcasts each week from a local swingers club. I want to celebrate sex and sexuality. I mean, I got to play George Michael on my show time and time again, telling us that sex is natural. Sex is good. In the early days of my radio career, I was introduced to Sue McGarvey. Her nationally syndicated talk show devoted entirely to the subject of sex aired just before my overnight show. And let me tell you, across Canada, Sex with Sue, <laughs> it was wildly successful. So you cannot tell me that conversations about sex are a turnoff. I've stayed friends with Sue all these years, and on this show, she knows it, I know it, and obviously you know it too. Most of us want to learn more and hear more when it comes to our bodies, our desires, our fantasies, and our kinks. And for that reason, Sue and I have collaborated to produce this podcast. Welcome to Turned On. All right, Sue McGarvey, as they say, we are on the air. So where do we begin? I think we need to talk about lesbians. Sure. Sure. I, I, you know, besides the fact that it is one of the top five most common male sexual fantasies and most used porn, and it used to be mm -hmm. the thing that all of the, uh, the phone sex people did, apparently besides men, <laughs> lesbians have the best orgasms because they've got the prolonged foreplay. And so, you know, if you take a page out of their book, Prolonged foreplay, prolonged foreplay, prolonged foreplay. I don't, I don't know why there's no bus ads that say that. I really don't get that. Because but people anyway. would complain, and God forbid people complain, <laughs> Sue McCarvey. Prolonged foreplay really works for most women. And they have the best chance to have the extended orgasm. So, so you know, generally women have a longer orgasm than men, and lesbians have the longest of all of them. So more, better Prolonged foreplay, I'm thinking, okay, and they have the lowest STI rate, right? The transition women to women is very low, very, very low. So there's all of that going on. The only downside about lesbian sex, besides the fact that if you're straight, you kind of sometimes go, I'd like an appendage, but they have strap-ons. They're not the real thing, but they do help in a pinch, um, is something called lesbian bed death, which is a thing. I've lesbian seen it a lot in bed my, death so, so imagine you're living with your best friend your lover your partner right and if you put women together in an office what happens they all start menstruating on the same day anybody <laughs> anybody who's lived i lived in a house and we all had a sign on the door for the guys coming to visit this is d-day do not come in wow so it was it was you all start and you some people you know start you know they they come early, they get their period early some people later and you all start to synchronize over a year. It's it, like, uh, it so why is that? What's the, the medical reasoning behind that? It's pheromones. So it's scent. 
and women start to get into sync. So we're all ovulating at the same time, right? Million years of evolution. So that way, I don't know, the, you know, cause we're 2% different than great apes. The big silverback comes in and impregnates everybody. I don't know. I'm suspecting it's something like that. But the, but the truth is having lived it, it absolutely is a thing. So what happens is they feel, you know, they all start, it starts to be cuddly and then it's less about passion. And beyond that, what is less about passion is the closer you are as a couple, whether this is straight or gay couples, the worse the sex is. It doesn't stand to reason, but but fire requires air. And the more distant, the more surprised, the more the more things that you are more uncertainty, the hotter the sex. So you can have hotter sex with a one night stand than with your best friend. And is know. that kind of not when you hear of people seeking affairs, that's what they like is that heat that seems to have disappeared. It's that conquer for lack of a better word, right? The old caveman analogy, if you will. That and, and people who, yeah, it's usually a need that's being met. I always say it's usually more or different. They want more sex or they want different sex. Yep. But often it's about needs being met, that they're just feeling they're not heard. They want attention. They want crazy wild monkey sex. They want that passion back that they used to have. And it's either you have an affair with your partner or you meet at the skanky motel and dressed in a, you know, a, a, just a, a CD trench coat or people have affairs or you try different things to create heat. But I tell people one of the hot, the hardest things to do is to keep things hot, spicy and connected five, 10, 20 years into a relationship. Yes, it is. And we will get into those conversations. I'm sure as we continue on with our podcast called turned on now, turned on. One of the things we'd love is to address individuals questions. We'll keep you anonymous. How do they get an email to you, Sue? Sue at sex with Sue.com. I would love, love to get your emails. That would be awesome. All right, straight ahead. Did you know that most adults have an STI? I had no idea. It's a fascinating conversation with Sue McGarvey on the way next here on Turned On, the podcast. This is Turned On, the podcast. I'm John Milkey, along with sex therapist Sue McGarvey. So you said something moments ago to me that I find fascinating, and that is that most adults have an STI and may not even be aware of it. Yep. Yep. 85% of people in North America have either or both HPV when you get tested for it and herpes. So I've heard of, I've certainly heard of both, but what does HPV stand for? HPV stands for the human papilla virus. It is the virus that causes genital warts. It's the virus that causes cervical, testicular, anal cancer. Um, it is it is the only virus that's tr- the only cancer that's triggered by a virus. Hmm. It is epidemic, epidemic, and most people have it and have no symptoms because there's a variety. But you can get immunized for it, which is helps for people. So that once it's in your system, you your body can fight it off. It usually takes about two years to sort of get it out of your system, but you're constantly being reinfected with new partners. Mm. Which is why I tell everybody I know, I don't care who you're having sex with, how old you are, if you can afford it, get your HPV shots. Series of three shots and protects you from one of the non-curable STIs. The other one that you can't get a shot for is herpes, but it is is something they don't even test for because so many people have it. 
So unless you're having an outbreak, which is super treatable, you know, and herpes is scary for people, but it's treatable. You get medication for it. It's really not that big a deal, although it's scary if you have somebody who has regular outbreaks on their genitals. But anybody who has cold sores has a herpes virus buried deep in their spinal column. So, okay, so someone who gets a cold sore regularly on on their lip, let's say, is that Mm -hmm. is that herpes? Yep. It's a version of herpes, herpes one, herpes two. They have different versions of it. But that one, if you go down on somebody with a with an open cold sore, you can give them, you know, regular sores on their their genitals. So problem. Forgive me. I've, I've not experienced herpes. I don't think. Um, but does the same thing, like, so do you get that scabbing type thing? Is that what herpes yep, you is on your tingling, genitals? You get that. Yep. You get this exact, exact same blister, cold sore like thing on oh, your wow. genitals. Now, there's one and two. And when I was trained, they used to believe that one lived above the waist and two lived below the waist. That is not true. It can transmit either way. But the two is a little more virulent. It's the one that's coming from rubbing genitals and you have regular outbreaks. And it's the one that everybody lives in fear with. Because if you, But if you had a cold sore, you're less likely, not immune, but less likely of getting the other variation. Say that again. I if know, you right? have... If you have, if say, like, I, I get, I don't know, I get a cold sore like once every four years when I'm really sick. So, so and I've been getting them since I was a kid. So, somebody would have right. kissed me, like some, you know, festering aunt when I was a kid. No, really? Gave, I don't know. I don't remember, but I, I, it, I had them since I was a kid. So, it would have been something like that. Okay. And only when I'm really sick and it's a tingling and it's an outbreak. And if I get them on my, like I absolutely can't kiss anybody or go down on anybody when I have one, but it's once every five years, but I will never get rid of it. But I am less likely because I already have the virus in my body to, if I, you know, if I have, and I'm not going to, but if I have crazy, wild, unprotected sex in the dark with somebody who has, is full of sores, <laughs> I am less likely to get more sores. But it's it's a thing. I tell people, see people in bright light. Make sure they don't have any obvious sores, and then they're, then you can jump them. There's a whole lot of reasons why you want to see people in bright light. Wow. Absolutely. You know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I've certainly heard of herpes. It's It's been a conversation, you know, in and around different groups, et cetera. I just, I've never... I've never been exposed to it. I well, pardon the pun. I, 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 that was unintentional. I, you know, I just I didn't really understand what it was, what to look out for, and it's as simple as a cold sore and beyond. Amazing. And, and yeah, some of them, you know, are, are more dangerous, especially if you're pregnant, and they can be more outbreaks. But it's not even tested. Is, like they don't test it. They don't consider it a, a reportable STI. For doctors, are like this is no big deal. Is there a treatment for herpes? Yes, it's it's you certainly can take a medication that prevents outbreaks, you know, and they have the, you know, the, not the Blistex, but they have a, an oral thing that actually, you know, dries it up faster. And the only time you are, now there's some argument about this, but I have never seen it in 30 years. The only time you are contagious is when you're either have an outbreak, like have a sore or right. about to. And if you're about to, it feels tingly and sore and you know you're getting one. The podcast is called Turned On. It's available on Apple, Google, Spotify, your smart speaker, etc. Sue McGarvey uh, is here to answer your questions. Most especially, we want to answer your questions. Uh, and we'll certainly make it available, too, that people can come on this podcast via phone or via video chat, etc. Uh, but if you're nervous, we get it. You can also send us an email. So the address is... Sue at sexwithsue.com. Now, 
I have a, I, I mean, I guess I didn't have the question. I, I have lots of questions now that you've said this just between segments. You mentioned that heavy guys, and I'm a heavy guy, and, and I'm really feeling it these days and contemplating what my approach is going to be to lose weight. But you're saying heavy guys actually have more endurance? Mm-hmm. That they last longer. That doesn't so, okay. jibe, Sue, because I'm not feeling like I have that energy all right, at all. All right. Well, endurance in the bedroom between the sheets from penetration to ejaculation. This is about how you bang. Okay. So average for guys is 7.3 minutes if you have a body mass index that's a little bit heavier. If you're a thin guy, <laughs> you last a whopping on average 108 seconds. Swear to God. Some of the new research that makes so, no sense to me at all. I love, I love, I love how the math works in my favor, but it doesn't make. Okay, you say okay, it makes so sense. How when, does it make sense? When I, you know, in, in my office, I used to always have these young, fit guys in my waiting room, and before they even came in, I had my premature ejaculation stuff out on the desk because I, I, it, it, it wasn't always like I didn't bat a thousand, but nine out of ten times, if you have a young, well dressed, very fit man. Odds are he came too fast because it's blood flowing against nerve endings that trigger orgasm. I had a guy who was, you know, on one of the one of the big national rugby teams. He had he was quadzilla, had quads that looked like tree trunks. <laughs> but um, it's that that idea that that blood is flowing against nerve endings, is lots of blood flowing, his heart's blowing. It's it's able to open up blood vessels and humans are the only people that are worried about lasting longer. Every other mammal wants to get in there, come get out before they get eaten. Or, you know, in the case of praying mantises that, the, the, you know, the, <laughs> that there are, are spiders yes. where she rips off her head, off his right. head. Right. So you want to come quickly because you're more likely to propagate your species and every cell in your body is telling you to survive and reproduce. It wants to impregnate every woman on the planet, do it quickly and historically, if you did it fast, you were more likely to impregnate somebody than if you waited a long time and, you know, somebody moved you out and, and got themselves in. So the reality is, is if you are have a lot of blood flow, which is better for your health, and but it, it's a faster ejaculation by quite a bit. How much does psychology play into that? Because if I'm, you know, younger and trimmer and more fit, I'm looking more and more like a porn star. So does just the excitement and the knowledge of that, that I'm kind of fitting that stereotypical role, does that play into the excitement factor and why I may come earlier than uh, fat no. guy here, John? No, you know? no, no. I think, I think guys, you know, performance anxiety or sexual anxiety with men is the number one thing I see with guys. And, and I think it has to do with who the guy is. Like if you've got a dumbass knuckle dragging guy who's like, baby, I got the equipment. It doesn't matter. Yep. They don't care about your performance. They don't care. They just want to get off. If you have any kind of decent lover who cares about women who are sensitive to it, they're all freaked out in their head that they're not good enough and they're all worried about it. And that has to do with ejaculation and erections and performance anxiety. But it has, but if we're talking about strictly endurance, the less blood flow you have to trigger orgasm, the longer you last. So if you start lasting really long, we need to start really working on your cholesterol is what that means to me. <laughs> okay. Last question. And I have to ask this. Heavy guy asking this on behalf of heavy guys. Am I on top? Am I on the bottom? 
Well, or either way, you're gonna you're gonna last longer on the okay. bottom because she's gonna control the depth of penetration. But you know, because if you're thrusting, you're more likely. Although you think you can control it, it's more likely to be whoa. Well, and we'll that's kind of where I'm down. going with my question is because then I'm exerting much more energy if I'm yeah. doing more of the thrusting. If I'm so ejaculation is it happens one of two ways. It's either a trip to your spinal column and out like a reflex hitting your knee where you don't think about it. It's like breathing. You can either hold your breath or you can just, you're not thinking about it. You breathe naturally okay. or you get it's mind over matter. Okay. I'm going to concentrate on, I'm going to really work on pushing my orgasm down into my testicles. I'm going to slow down my breathing. I'm going to contract that PC muscle. You know, we're going to work on some techniques to last you longer, but if you're not thinking about it, average for thin guys is 108 seconds. I win. Thank you. you <laughs> thank you, Suma Garvey. I've been waiting to hear this for a long, long time. All right, coming up on Turned On the Podcast, Suma Garvey is going to talk to us about aphrodisiacs, most especially ones that are everywhere around you in the fall. It's Turned On the podcast. Welcome back. I'm John Milkey with sex therapist Sue McGarvey. All right, aphrodisiacs. Are we talking Spanish fly? What are we talking about? Uh, Spanish fly is a beetle that you grind up and it causes an inflammation of your urethra, which actually can kill you. So don't. No, Please don't take Spanish really? fly. No, no. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. It's a poisonous beetle. Um, and so everything gets, but you get a, like a six hour erection because your urethra is swollen. But anyway, that's that's how it came about. Oh my gosh. I know what you want. I was just, I was thinking two things because it's fall, number one. And you were talking about how you have a cold and, you know, how sex fights colds. They actually help improve, increases your, your endorphins and helps your dopamine, serotonin and actually increases your immunity. So you're more likely to fight your cold faster. So, dude. Yeah, but I'm all, I'm it. all like, like running nose and stuff. Nobody wants to be near me, Sue, when I'm like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, she can. You can wear. You know what? The <laughs> I was thinking of the old Doug and the Slugs. He used to have the the paper bag with his face on it, so he would have them put <laughs> o- the women put it over their husbands, so they could actually have sex with Doug. I thought that was funny. So you can, uh, yeah, you could put a germ free barrier there and uh, making it work yeah. takes making a little it longer. Making it, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, right now, because it's fall, apples. They just did this big study, and it came up as. In, in the top three best things you can do in terms of aphrodisiacs that increase natural testosterone. Others include smells like pumpkin pie smell. Again, fall. I don't know. It's that, you know, when the frost is on the pumpkin, that's the time for new, new, new dinking Duncan. I don't know if you've heard that little phrase. But, <laughs> I have yeah, now. You have now. And, you know, so they have that. So you've got apples, pumpkin pie, baking bread. Those all those smells increase your testosterone. And apples really do that. There are other things like oysters that increase your zinc, zinc for your dink. We've talked about that before and why that helps guys. Um, But for women, it's magnesium. So things that are high in magnesium include dark chocolate. Yeah, have dark chocolate. It's really actually for women. It's a panty remover. So if you're thinking about what to do and you see some at the gas station when you fill up, maybe something you want to bring home tonight. Huh? I'm starting to think I'm a woman. Because I, 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 you had me at chocolate. Apples, I'm allergic to. I hate everything to do with pumpkin. Now, the baking bread thing I can certainly get into. Yeah, but it's it's things that actually naturally increase. You know, and it's not a huge increase, but for 
But when they do the research, if you are eating things like pumpkin seeds, like, uh, you know, and, and there are some things that really do increase your trace minerals, which impact your libido and impact your, your testosterone. What you're describing, though, is in all of those sense, in all of those visuals for me, it describes comfort. Right. And and, mm-hmm. and and that cold as the air gets colder in this part of the world and fall moves in, you start getting into more blanket time and sweater time and fireplaces. And I do, you, you know, you slow down a little bit. And I think that's there's there's a romantic side of that that perhaps and I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're the expert. But that probably just affords us a little more time to focus on ourselves. I think that would be awesome to focus on ourselves and in terms of feeling sexual, but it's it's realized that there are things, there's a lot of great cookbooks out there. You can get them for free on Amazon. I have some on my website, sue at sexwithsue.com if you want to send me an email. And it is this idea that you can do different cooking for sex. So if you want to cook together, which is romantic, but then you do things that up your testosterone Let's. I, I'm all about you know getting more because I think the world's a better place when we get food more. is my, sexy. My, Cooking that's is my, sexy. You know, it's my contribution to world peace. Have more sex. <laughs> <laughs> Right there with you, Sue McGarvey. Um, our podcast is called Turned On, self-explanatory. And we're going we're gonna to dive in, just, not just sex things, but just, you know, what's turning people on these days? What are they reading? What are they watching? Those kinds of things. We're going to dive into that as this podcast gets up and running. Um, but we're also seeking listener input. So if you've got a question for Sue, or for me, for that matter, uh, where do they email you again? Sue at sexwithsue.com. Excellent. And you can also catch these segments, by the way, on my radio show, heard weekly, 9 a.m. till noonish on BlastTheRadio.com. Meanwhile, we'd love for you to leave a review of this podcast. If you think it's worth five stars, we would sure appreciate that. And do subscribe so that when we post new episodes, you are notified instantly. Subscribing is free. On behalf of Sue McGarvey, it's the Milkman, John Milky, back soon with another edition of Turned On podcast.